0: hello and welcome to episode four of project top 10 this episode is going to be a little different because it is not me hosting and listening to someone else's top 10 it is matt hosting and listening to my top 10 so here we go without further ado it's game time are here with another episode of Project Top 10 but this time Matt is going to interview me.
1: Yes, I am the the host. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is going to be a special occasion, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is something I've been wanting to do for a little while but I wanted to play a specific game oh, before okay. we did that. Yeah. Um so I guess the way we start this off is we do you do some predictions. Yeah. So then I I wrote down some predictions Okay, here. yeah, yeah. Um I'm not gonna name your well, because yeah, everybody knows already yeah, that. that one. Uh, your second one, I've never really discussed like your top ten or what would be yeah, yeah, second, yeah. but I feel like it's gotta be Ocarina of Time. Oh, uh, we will see this. Um, after that. <laughs> I don't quite know, but I did write down 10 games here. Oh, so. shit. Okay. Um, I feel like there's going to be a Mario in, in in this list. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be Galaxy or Super Mario 64, but I feel like Mario will make an appearance. Okay. Uh, also, Persona. I think Persona has a good chance to make an appearance. Okay. I don't think it'll be four, so I think it'll yeah. be three or five. Okay. I'm leaning more towards three, but I, I think five could be it. Okay. uh melee because okay. i i just know know you with melee yeah yeah and then uh, a couple newer games uh night in the woods okay overwatch okay <laughs> Uh, Inazuma 11. Oh, well, we will see that one. I, that I, uh... one, I don't know. And then I, I kind of went off the board here and went with Ace Attorney. Okay. I see where you're
0: coming from with that one. I got And you.
1: then I was just like, I don't know a 10th one. So I wrote down <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Well, I don't
0: want to spoil it for you. That last one, I will say right out. No <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> I like Kingdom Hearts as a franchise, but if I was going to make a list of 10 games, I could, in good conscience, to myself, mm. I could not do it.
1: I think, seriously, though i would probably say mass effect like maybe okay. mass Effect Two. there you
0: go okay that is a more reasonable <laughs> guess that i will take okay so my 10th game which i can't believe that i'm gonna say this out loud is the witcher 3 okay <laughs> i almost wrote that yeah so my list is kind of weird because for a very long time it was mostly, like, games that were, like, old as fuck. Right. Like, it was, like, ten games that Mm -hmm. came out between 2005 and, like, 1990. And recently, I have, like, looked at that again because I used to be one of those kind of people that was like, man, old games were way better. Right. I do not think that is true now. I mean, you can go back and play some older games and you're like, wow, this didn't age Mm -hmm. as well as I thought or, like, this newer game did a whole bunch of new things. Right. And so, like... The Witcher is kind of like the embodiment of what I like modern games to be now. Not necessarily, like, people don't like the combat very much. And, like, I literally can't stick up for that. Like, it is pretty terrible overall. Like, the way I fight in that game, Jumbo gets mad because I, like, broke the system. You can use the shielding spell, Ken. Okay. And once it gets to a high enough level, no matter what hit you take, even if it does like a billion damage, it'll just break the shield and you won't take the over damage. Mm. So, Ken recharges instantaneously, basically. Okay. So, like, you dodge and hit them with the sword until you get hit. Right. And then you're just like, oh, Ken again. And you're, like, invincible, basically. Mm. So, like, that's the way I played it. But the thing that I personally like about The Witcher is the world that it creates. Like I, it's so depressing and bleak right. in a way that I can really get behind. Like Geralt, I like as a character, which right. I feel like a lot of people don't. Um, But his whole thing for people who don't know what the witcher is, is witchers are basically like people who their entire existence is hunting monsters and they are literally mutants. So what happens is like people who are adult witchers, they basically will, they go around and they they kill monsters for money. But in some cases, the person won't be able to pay, so they will ask them for a pact. And usually, that pact is called the Law of Surprise, and it basically means that like when you return home from this, uh, whatever wherever they are, right. then you have to give me what was when you got home that was unexpected. In which almost every case it ends up being a child, because in the world of the Witcher, like, there are a whole bunch of weird, like, natural laws and stuff. Wait,
1: wait, you have to give up your child?
0: So if that is the first, if that is the unexpected thing that happened when you came home. And so that is, in most cases, Witchers are either homeless children, or they
1: are, like, a child that was won through this pact, basically. Okay, so then, so then, like, Geralt gets a child, and then what does he do with it? They make it into a witcher. Okay. So the way, the way that it works is you go through
0: this thing called the trial of the grasses where basically they make you take these drugs that give the witchers their... Um, their mutant. Their mutant powers and okay. most people die. Like they just straight out die, these young kids. And mm-hmm. it's like the most excruciating horrific experience ever. But when they do come out of it, they are basically like emotionless husks that are like superhuman. So they have like, they can see in the dark. They have all these reflexes that are like absurd... And their only goal is to kill monsters for money. Basically, they are—that is their whole purpose. Except in the case of Geralt, something definitely went wrong, and they don't always say this, but he still has more emotion than he should. Because mm-hmm. like you talk to the other ones, and you're like, well, "What the fuck? This guy's like a dickhead," but th- right. that's what they're like. Um, and it's also why they can drink their potions that like give them like buffs and stuff that would kill regular people. Like they would just die, but mm-hmm. they have an immunity to it. And like, there's always, I don't know why, but that concept really interests me. And like the way enemies are like, they all come from something specific. Like some of the ghouls, if there's like a battlefield and they're left dead, they come up that way. So they have to burn all the corpses Mm -hmm. or like really specific things. Like if you like bury a fetus without it being like blessed with holy water or whatever, it comes back as I can't think of the names of some of these, but they're fucking creepy and awful. And I, I even recently this past summer I read the first three books. Okay, and like I, I just really like the world, and I like Geralt as a character.
1: Now, are you excited about this Netflix series?
0: Yes, because I have seen clips of. So the the author who wrote the books that The Witcher is based on, Ooh. he's Polish. I can't even say his name. It's like Andrzej Sapkowski or something, mm-hmm. and the Polish show looked so bad, right? Like, unbelievable. So I think that this Netflix show could be good in a way if it is not just a retelling of what the books are. If Mm -hmm. it is like a weekly serial about Geralt hunting monsters in that world.
1: Is it Geralt? Is Henry Cavill? He is. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if he was just a witcher or Yeah, I saw
0: the poster. He like is very Geralt. Okay. Um, the silver hair
1: everything which they are, all witchers have the silver hair correct no that is no. not true oh so it's just Geralt just the... Geralt
0: Um, there are so he I don't want to get into literally everything about the yes. witcher but there are different schools okay the school that Geralt belongs to is the wolf that's why he has the wolf medallion mm-hmm. Um, his master like the oldest witcher of that he has gray hair but there are two other ones and they do not they have like black hair okay and they look a lot more like regular people but they all have the freaky cat eyes mm-hmm And so just, like, most games, I personally like just exploring the world and, like, doing side quests and stuff. And I feel like in a lot of modern video games, the side quests are, like, absolute garbage. Like, you'll just, it'll be some basic fetch quest and there is no plot to it at all. Like, almost every side quest in The Witcher would, like, be interesting to me for some reason or another because it would explain more about the world or, you know, just expand on Mm -hmm. something and actually get, like, a worthwhile piece of loot or storytelling and the world is just huge and like I I like exploring it and it feels really fleshed out like CD Projekt Red does a good job and that is why I'm super excited for Cyberpunk right is because like people are like well I don't know it's just a first person shooter like will it be that and it's like Listen, if they put as much effort into that world and the way they build it as they did the Witcher 3, mm-hmm. like it will be fine. I will be 100%. On yes, board. because
1: my big thing with the Witcher was the combat. <laughs> it's uh, it's not good. I, I just I started playing it and I was like, I don't want to play 60 hours of this combat. Yeah. So I just kind of bounced, but I've just heard amazing things about the the game. So I'm really hoping I like first-person shooters. Yeah. So I think I think the the next game, the the cyberpunk, is going to be much more up my alley. So I th- I think the issue
0: that they ran into, especially with the combat in The Witcher Three, is the combat in The Witcher Two was completely different, mm-hmm. and it was like so complex that it was like fucking impossible to like fully grasp.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so like then they dumbed it down a little when they released the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty version, and then people who are hardcore about it got butthurt about that. But it was still too difficult. And so then they were like, whatever, this is the combat now. And it was like, isn't great. I mean, it's not the worst combat ever, but it's like not definitely not very good.
1: No, it, it just doesn't feel good.
0: It does not feel good. And people also don't like his movement because he has like a weight to it, right. which does not happen in a lot of games. And I just got used to it. And they also, they patched the movement a billion times. So I think he feels better to move now, but mm-hmm. in combat that never like fully succeeds. So it's weird because I... I love that game so much. Right. But, like, the main crux of it, the combat, I can't say to anyone. If they say, like, (laughs) that's why I don't like it, I can't be like, well, get over that. Because it doesn't get better. Like, it just is not
1: that great. So, yeah, that's my 10th game. Okay, but... I am not surprised I almost put that on the list yeah, but yeah. I think I don't think that was like your game of the year that it came out.
0: It wasn't and I if I could go back I would switch it now. Was it Undertale? It was Undertale that year, yeah. Okay. I would switch it now. I really still think Undertale is a great game but right. I in like lasting effect on me, I think that The Witcher has more cuz like now I read the books, I turn the game on every so often right. just to like be in the world and stuff. And it just, like, is more representative, I think, of, like, what I would like modern games to be like. Mm-hmm. More like. Right. Yeah. That, that makes sense. So. so. Okay. Number nine. You did guess this one. It is Night in the Woods. Okay. And so this is weird because I feel like a lot of the newer games are at the bottom of my list. Because I have not had as much time to, like, be like, man, the shit rules. Night in the Woods came out last year. At yes. least The Witcher 3 came out, like, two years ago. But I don't know. I i talked about it during our last game of the year thing like i night in the woods connected with me in a way that like most media doesn't like Mm -hmm. i personally i had some rough like mental and emotional times in college so like i connect with may as a character on a level that most people probably don't i
1: i felt nothing
0: yeah so like i don't know when you have those kinds of issues and then like you see like the basic overall problem that you had in college or whatever like come to the forefront like that Mm. and then just like the experience of coming home from college and like talking to your friends who you've had for a really long time and like they're basically the same and it's just like it's fucking surreal right that it like captured it that perfectly in that game i think and i just like I don't know. There's not much to that game. It's, basi- mm. it's basically like an adventure game. And if the characters and the writing didn't do it for you, like there is nothing else to that game. And so like I, yeah, I, that game does everything for me, right? Like it is the exact kind of story I want to hear. I still think that the ending kind of is not great. It gets a little weird and supernatural.
1: Oh, yep. That's right.
0: In my second playthrough, I felt better about it because as you have more context going through it, you see some stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And like then it just I don't know it makes the journey slightly more important at the end or whatever. But all of the characters I really like: May, Greg, Angus, B. Like they're all written super well. Um, I can't wait to see what the next game they put out is. Right. Very...
1: Yes. Because yeah, I, I I wish that game connected with me more, but I think it's just I didn't go away to college. Yeah. So I just. I had nothing to grasp on and she is
0: like wickedly depressed man like it is another level that is yeah. yes
1: and i just i mean i've dealt with depression but yeah. i just couldn't connect with that character at all yeah and if you just can't connect with the character then it's, there's
0: it, nothing else to the game yes really.
1: exactly and and it's it's something that i think everyone should try yeah uh but in you may not connect to the character which i just for whatever reason it just didn't do it for me and
0: so like one of the things that i think is really amazing about night in the woods is sometimes writing in video games is like it feels so forced like oh man they're trying to make this sound good or like a teen like mm. some of the stuff in the first season of life is strange is like oh boy it gets these people were like i know what teens are like and that is not the case and it it's is really... so
1: much worse than the prequel
0: Oh, is it really? Oh, Oh, boy. (laughs) But, like, something about the way that Scott Benson and the other people who wrote for it, like, they captured, like, what people talk like in text Mm -hmm. message form. And it just, like, it sounds like a conversational thing. And it's something that Donut County did also. Mm -hmm. Most of that story is actually told in text message form anyways. But, like, they just feel very, like, genuine and true to what people talk like now. Right. Whereas, like, yeah, parts of Life is Strange and stuff, you look at that and you're like man they were trying so hard and like i i feel for them in my heart but like there's a, okay the part the line from life is strange that always gets me is she you like go into another person's dorm room and she's like man look at that tasty plasma and then she like talks about how she really likes the movie final fantasy the spirits within for no one in their life has said look at that tasty plasma and also no one likes final fantasy the spirits within
1: what was that line the blazing Oh, that you know what I'm talking about. I right? do. I
0: can't think of what I can't think of the exact line. There. Oh,
1: that that was the worst line in the history of video games. Some of them are just so <laughs> rough, but like
0: I really like Life is Strange. But I feel like Night in the Woods captures like yes. what they were shooting for in games like that, where they're like really twee and stuff, and it it just works on like so many levels. Like I can't even really say a lot about it. Like it just is a good adventure game with a good story and well written characters, and like. Mm-hmm. I like that world, man. It takes place exclusively in the fall. Fall is my favorite season. It takes place in like a town in the Rust Belt in PA and like we live close enough to PA to like have context for what that is right. like or like living in a smaller town like that. Not that not that where we live is that small, but like
1: I I I live in a small town. Yeah,
0: so I don't know. It's mm-hmm. I like Night in the Woods a lot. Right. And like I have replayed it multiple times and I will because they added a bunch of stuff to it that I didn't get through when the new all of oh, the yeah, new stuff, um, but yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. They he created a good world, and I think that whatever the next game they put out, I will buy, no questions asked, and hopefully it is. I think it's like half as good, so, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean it's the ninth best game ever made, apparently. For me, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yes.
0: Okay, and then my number eight game. Which, this one is weird, and I feel like no one would ever expect to see this game on anyone's top ten list, and it is Ghost Trick for the DS. And so, it is made by the team that made Ace Attorney. Okay. But it is not... So, whereas, like, Ace Attorney is, like, a text-based game where you, like, try to solve puzzles by, like, presenting evidence and stuff like that, Ghost Trick is, like, literally a puzzle game. So, you play as this ghost Sissel on the night he died and like the beginning is like him getting shot and you being his ghost but he like realizes that he has like this power to go from his body and like possess different objects and things to make them do stuff so he like is dead and he's outside of his body as a ghost and he's like what the fuck is happening and he sees this girl get killed And so he realizes that he can save her Mm -hmm. because I can't remember the exact amount of time, but he can go back like 10 minutes or something before he sees the death. And then like, basically like you figure out how to make a path from where your body or wherever you start to stopping the person from dying, basically, or stopping something, not always a death necessarily. Um, And so you do that and then he can like talk to this girl and I don't know, you basically just go through that night trying to figure out why he
1: died. Okay, so then you're you're helping other people, but at the same time... You're
0: learning, because he doesn't okay. have a memory of why he died, he just knows that he did die. Mm-hmm. And so... Th- oh, man. I think Nukio might be the only other person I know who played this game, but like... Plot twists in video games don't always get me. The plot twist of Ghost Trick is... F- fucking incredible like i one never would have thought it would happen ever like it was just it blew me away and i also remember buying it because i always was like i wanted to try it when it first came out but it was always like kind of expensive Mm. and i just never got around to it so i ended up one day just deciding like i'm gonna go buy a used copy and i did and i beat it in two sittings one of which was like my i did it in two sittings in my 3ds you know it says like the average time of each play session it was like eight hours average play (laughs) session basically and i just did it in two sittings and i've done it a couple times since then but again like ace attorney is a brilliant series and they like write those characters well like they do the same thing with ghost trick it has the same composer uh Mori and like it, the music rules i listen to the soundtrack all the time still um and what i think is a bummer is sometimes i like going through games and like showing them to people like i showed nukio night in the woods and we played through it together with games on the ds it's like borderline impossible right. to do that And also, like, they're re-releasing Ace Attorney on PS4 and Switch this year. Yes. But you can do that game without two screens. You literally can't do Ghost Trick without two screens unless they, like, basically recreate it. I guess I'd have to look because it is on, like, it was on Android. So maybe they could re-release it somehow. Mm -hmm. But it is very, like, touch-focused. So they would at least have to be, like, handheld only on the Switch or something. And even then, it's not really easy to, like, watch someone play it. And I feel like DS streams, especially where the screens have to be, like, lined up. They just don't... I don't know. They don't do it for me, personally. I know people do videos like that. Right. But it is, like, hard for me to, like, show people Ghost Trick unless I just, like, give them the copy of the game and I'm like, hey, man, this is sick. Mm -hmm. You should play it. And it is, like... I feel like one of those games that, like it flew under literally everyone's radar and like most of the time if i say man i really like ghost trick people are like what the fuck is that that was my i was like
1: i never would have guessed this because i've never heard of it i think
0: you would like ghost trick so if you want i can let you borrow it but it is it's probably like 12 ish hours if you go through and if you're relatively fast at solving the puzzles Mm -hmm. some of them are like really difficult um it's weird because it doesn't have a lot of replay value obviously because once you've solved the puzzle you've solved the puzzle so it's just more like if you want to see the story again. Mm-hmm. And the ending is like... Made me feel so good inside. They're the ending theme I listen to all the time. And it just... I don't know. It's a mm-hmm. happy game. Oh. It's happy. Mm-hmm. And it makes me... Yeah, I don't know. It makes me feel good, which is... Most games are about really depressing, heinous shit. Well, I mean, people dying also not great. Right. But you solve it. It's yes. fine. It's good. So yeah, if you... If you're never going to play Ghost Trick, you should look up the plot twist, because it's fucking crazy.
1: Alright, I'll have to look into that. And And
0: on on most of my forum uh, presence, Mm -hmm. I use uh, a character from Ghost Trick as my icon. Oh. I use a cat, because I really like the way the cat
1: looks. What forums do you spend time on?
0: Uh, Resetera, and the Giant Bomb forums, and a couple others, but... Yeah, I use the cat from Ghost Trick as my mm-hmm. wallpaper a lot. Oh. I used to, before I used a Night in the Wood wallpaper on my phone, it was um, Ghost Trick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, very, cool. good,
1: very good art, very good game. A cool. game I never would have expected.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so then number seven, you did guess at the very end, Mass Effect 2. Okay. And so... You haven't played any of the Mass Effect games, have you? Or did you try to play Andromeda?
1: I played through Andromeda. Oh, no! (laughs) I did not.
0: So, like, I didn't have a 360, personally. My brother did. And he, like, really hated Mass Effect. I don't know what happened, but he really hated it. The first one, I never got, like, super into, because I tried playing it when I was, like, really sick. One of my friends would let me borrow it, and I didn't really ever get into it i ended up beating it later and really liking it but mass effect 2 was where it really drew me in i remember constantly the ads would play on tv Mm -hmm. when i was at college and like everything else and i basically like convinced my brother to buy it and then he ended up hating it but i played through mass effect 2 when it was a 360 exclusive
1: oh it started out as 360 only okay
0: and so i played it uh on my brother's 360 like he would go to bed because he was like younger, and I'd basically stay up like literally all night playing Mass Effect Two, and then I, back then since it wasn't my three sixty, I didn't get any of the DLC or anything then. But I I beat it, um, and I like really liked it. And then they announced that they were putting it out on PS Three, right, and again on three sixty with all the DLC, and I played through that again and then I played through it again Mm -hmm. on the hardest difficulty because I wanted to get the platinum, and I did, which is crazy. Because normally, any game where they want you to beat it a second time, I will not do it, Like because those trophies just infuriate me more. Or if it's on a harder difficulty, especially in a game like that where I care more about the story, it's like your kind of half-assed third-person shooter is like, it's fine, and I like these powers, but like... Do I really want every enemy to be the ultimate bullet sponge? Like, not really. Right. But I like Mass Effect 2 enough where I did that. So I've beaten it, I think, up to five times now. because I I did it again. But, like, I just... I don't know, man. I really Mm. like space and stuff. And I feel like there are very few sci-fi games that, like, create a sci-fi universe that I, like, want to be a part of and care Mm. about. And I think... I think that this holds true for most things. I really like things where they recruit a team of like experts to mm-hmm. do like a job whether it be a heist or like a suicide mission as the case in Mass Effect 2, like Fast 5 is a sick film.
1: You know, <laughs> this is going completely off yeah. track, but this is why I've really wanted them somebody to make a Guardians of the Galaxy game. Yeah. Because with those 5 and they could all have their different like powers, and it could be like a team. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you'd, like, if you want to have it like an action where you're switching between them, or I don't know how exactly you'd want to do it, but, like, I think that could be a very good game. It could be, yeah. Because it could, it could be. be, like, Mass Effect with the space and the exploration. But... Yeah, and it would be really cool. Yes. Oh, man. But, but yeah. with, I just, how long is Mass Effect 2? Hmm... With all the uh,
0: there was a bunch of DLC things right. and like Shadow Broker was pretty long, I guess I don't really know like thirty. Okay,
1: because I own all three and I, yeah. I've just they've been just sitting on my shelf and it's just kind of one of those things where, I mean, just saying like okay, I want to sit down and play these three because obviously I'm going to want to do all three. Yeah, I mean I'm probably looking at a hundred plus hours and that's just something that it's just overwhelming. Yeah, so I just go like. I'll do that later. (laughs) It's been about a year of me saying, I'll get around to it eventually. Yeah,
0: And I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I just like all of the characters. And the
1: concept of
0: building that suicide team so that they can go into where the Reapers are and take them down is, like, I don't know, just really cool. Mm -hmm. And, like, in that final mission, like if you don't do everything right or, like, you didn't get people to be loyal enough, like, they can actually die. And so, like, then that carries over to Mass Effect 3 and those characters are dead. So, like, a lot of those games, which Mass Effect was one of the main ones where they were like, oh, your choices will matter and it will carry over the the course of this trilogy. In some cases, it didn't really matter. Like, it would just be like, uh, oh, this dialogue changed or whatever. But, like, if one of those characters died... It, like, definitely was different in Mass Effect 3. Obviously, none of my characters died because I 100%ed it. Mm-hmm. But, like, they could very right. easily. Like, things could go slightly different and, like, someone would die. And then it would take out a whole side story in 3.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, pe- people liked to dumpster on 3. But, like, it was fine. Especially as, like, a fan servicey ending to all of these characters. The ending of that game is, like, awful. I-, I think they closed that trilogy really bad. But, like, the ending of Mass Effect 2... Sets up like so much cool stuff and it is very much like the darker middle chapter which is usually the one I like is usually I like the middle of a trilogy um, because everything is already established and they're also not ending it so it still seems cool right. Um, And yeah, Mass Effect is like two is like the perfect example of that. I think like I like The Empire Strikes Back the best in that original Star Wars trilogy, mm-hmm. and like Mass Effect two, I feel like exactly the same way about basically. Right. Yeah. I, it's a game
1: that I, it's a game that I know I'd like.
0: I know. Yeah, you like third person shooters, You're right. and like it is that, and you also like. I, don't I like know. stories. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it will be good for you. I yes. think. I think you
1: would like Mass Effect two. I just, as I said, it's just something that, and I know Mass Effect one is probably the worst and that's another reason i
0: still think it's very good and i bet it still holds up pretty well in a mm. modern context
1: yeah i, I mean I, i'm sure it's, it's fine i just yeah. it's just one of those things where I, I just have to be in the right mood to play it so. you
0: do i think the first one is shorter than the other mm-hmm. two especially too with all the dlc and stuff like if you do shadow mm-hmm. broker and everything else
1: now would you if like did you have anybody die and then you had to like Basically, load up a in a previous in my save and...
0: so in the original uh my original playthrough where mm-hmm. I was not like gonna buy any of the DLC or anything mm-hmm. I believe I had one character die and it was the one that I cared about the least.
1: So you just said, so I was yeah. just like whatever, man. Right.
0: Um. But in the other ones, I did not. Mm-hmm. I I let them all die in the harder difficulty playthrough because if you survive the game is longer and at that point i was so absolutely done with the harder difficulty right so i got the bad ending with that one so that i could get the trophy and be like all right i did it (laughs) but like we're done now Um, but in my like actual one that i
1: imported to three everybody lived. now does do just the characters go over or like i because it's an rpg so you level them Mm. up do those levels transfer over or do you have to respec?
0: oh you basically have to like respec in a certain way um i believe they technically are like as strong as they were at the end of two i can't recall because it's a long Mm, time ago but they i believe that they are very similar in terms of where they are you might just have to like respec their stat points or something okay um and one to two i don't i don't even really remember because You didn't even. I I couldn't import the data from one to two because it was on PS3. So you like go through this digital comic that distills the first game into like four choices, and you're like, "This is really weird." (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, because the first one was just it was just
0: 360 and PC as well. Um, That PC port was not great, Hmm. but yeah, I I don't know. it's, It's a very cool trilogy, and it was like they did something really ambitious with being like your choices will matter. And, like I said, there were a lot of cases where it was, like, in 3, stuff you did in 2, was like, oh, man, remember you did this side quest? And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's whatever.
1: Yeah, I, I am curious to play this game, because as my only experience is Andromeda right now, so.
0: Yeah, I, like... Oh, my God. I, like, I love Mass Effect and its universe so much, and Andromeda just was, like, the ultimate disappointment. Like, I, I felt like the combat and stuff was serviceable, but I just... I couldn't get attached to any of the characters. Like, they were all just, like, bad facsimiles of characters from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, what the fuck? This Tyrion could be
1: Garrus. Right. He's the best. And, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it felt like just a painfully average game. That's...
0: Yeah, I and, like, I had a lot of, like, ridiculous, like, bugs on just, like, random side missions mm-hmm. and stuff where, like, Way markers wouldn't spawn or like shit would be underground and i couldn't complete it and i was just like
1: what i didn't have that but i played it i think a few months after yeah. it came out which they did do a good job of fixing of fetching it yeah and like i but like those pe- the people that played it when it first came out like i feel bad for them it it sounded like a horrible experience and
0: like i was i told myself like i'm gonna beat this and I just, I didn't, I mm-hmm. did like one or two of the loyalty missions and I was like, well, these are better than the regular missions, but I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just did not. But yeah, Mass Effect 2, very good. yes I like it quite a bit. So- All right. All right. And then, oh man, this is where people would get upset if we had a regular audience. My number six game is Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. <laughs> oh man, I people hate 3D Sonic games. Sonic Adventure 2 is like top notch, I feel. I don't know that I could tell anyone who has never played it before to like go back and play it because they will not feel the same. <laughs> I
1: can guarantee. But have you played this recently? Yes. Okay, so you can
0: Me, Nukio and Calvin three years ago mm-hmm. we a ranked literally every mission on my gamecube so i have this save okay we actually so like some of the ways to get a ranks are like to beat it in a certain time we were looking at an faq we emailed this guy's yahoo email address he had in there <laughs> and there's no way he still looked at this but we were like yo dude this is wrong like what you have here still gets you a b so we did it faster. This was our time, and this is an A. And I did it, like, a couple times. I never got an answer, but, man, that guy's fact was wrong. And we figured it out in fucking, like, 2016 or whatever. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We would sit here, like, until, like, 5 in the morning on certain days and just be like, man, Sonic Adventure 2. we would play. And Nukio feels the same way that I did. Right. Whereas Calvin really likes it because I would always bring it over to his house and we would play. So the thing that got me and Kelvin in originally is there is this like side mode called the KO garden. And basically there are like these weird little dudes that mm-hmm. you get like basically like different colored. I don't even know how to describe them. They're basically just like vials of goop or something. You get different colored ones of those and animals and you bring them into the KO garden and then you feed them to these little dudes and they get more stats and they change and evolve Mm -hmm. and so it's like really cool i mean not really but it (laughs) is i love it and so like you have them race and then they can fight each other in karate and stuff right and that's what really drew me and calvin and because you can make like perfect ones if you do it right and then if you're like nice to them they it opens up a heaven garden and if you like just chuck them around and piss them off then it opens a hell garden so they're like good and bad ones and you can make ones that look like sonic And that's what drew me and Calvin in originally. But I also uh, unironically like the game as well. Like, it is, I think that when a lot of people think about 3D Sonic and they, like, talk shit about it, it is Sonic Adventure 1. Right. Which, like, that did not age well at all. Like, I didn't even like playing it when they re-released it on the GameCube. Like, it was too old then. And I remember not really liking it when it came out on Dreamcast. Which, that introduced the KO Garden... And it was like okay, but it right. wasn't as in depth as it wasn't two, and it was Sonic Adventure one was more like you roam around like an overworld, um, and then you go to the levels, and they were not very good. Whereas two is just like straight levels, you just go and go, and it gives you like a really good sense of speed, and it does have that issue where like once you hit a wall, you stop, and then there's no momentum. But fucking Sonic three has that too, right? So it just like the levels I felt personally were like very well crafted, and people also give a shit for having like a super anime story where like shadow is like the clone of sonic and he's the evil version and the space station's
1: gonna crash into earth and shit okay that's i okay that's the one with shadow yeah and and
0: so like yeah it's a very over-the-top anime story man i was like 13 it was the greatest shit on planet earth at that time
1: now a lot of the sonic 3d games stories are pretty anime aren't they usually yeah so i mean like like in line with at least other sonic games
0: yeah and i i personally feel like that because people say that it's 3d sonic's ruined sonic i don't think that's true because Mm -hmm. sonic adventure 2 was okay the next game heroes was okay it was everything after that that i felt like was just like not even close like they didn't i mean that's kind of shitty to say but it feels like they didn't try as hard Or they were trying different things that didn't work out, but constantly over and over. Um, Because, like, there is a very big difference between Sonic Adventure 2 and then Sonic Forces, right? Like, Sonic Forces is an objectively terrible garbage game. Like, it took, like, me three hours on a stream to beat, and, like, no part of playing it was good. Um, But Sonic Adventure 2, like, I enjoy the mechanics of it. They have a good progression where you, like, go through and you get different power-ups. There are secret areas and things to find. Mm-hmm. You can play each mission, like, four or five times to get an A-rank across all of them. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just a bunch of weird secret stuff. Like, So the the reason I picked Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is that's the one that was re-released on the GameCube. Okay. Um, and it was, like, the first GameCube game I got, literally. Oh. Like, I got a GameCube for my birthday and I think I was in sixth grade. And I got Sonic Adventure 2 as the first game that I bought for it. And, like, I wanted that forever, which is weird. I don't know why that was the one that I had picked in my head and thought was really cool. But I I did like it then, and, like, I introduced it to a lot of my friends. And they all also really liked it then, maybe because I just talked about it so much. But I don't know. I have a lot of, like, really fond memories of, like, playing Sonic Adventure 2. I still listen to some of the, like, really (laughs) garbagey pop music that Crush 40 put out for it. Like, the first level of Sonic Adventure 2, where Sonic was captured by the military, and then he breaks off the helicopter, and he tears off the wing and uses it as a surfboard. So for the first part of the first level is Sonic surfboarding down this hill in City Escape. City Escape is a dope jam. That level rules. It's a great opening to a video game. Um... I don't know. It's mm-hmm. not It's not actually a great game, I don't think, but I personally have like a lot of attachment to it right. overall. Huh. Well, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then number five, which this is the only game on this list that I have never beaten. So normally I will, especially for Game of the Year, I give myself the rule that you have to have beaten the game for right. it to happen. So my number five game, was it five? I think it is yeah 5 is earthbound oh and the reason the reason for this is i feel like earthbound i played it at a very young age and it was it informed most of my taste in like life in general like what i like in movies and media and like kind of in a sense like what i think is like funny as well earthbound is a fucking weird game like it's really quirky And it is one of the only JRPGs that, like, is modern, Mm. which is weird. I feel like a lot of RPGs either are, like, super future or they are, like, medieval-ish, like, high fantasy stuff. Right. But Earthbound is just, like, fucking when it came out in the 90s. Like, it was that. Right. There are cars on the streets. The stores are a drugstore, a hamburger joint, and just, like, stuff like that you use phones at a hotel to call your dad to save. You, like, tell him a story. You There are pay phones. You take money out of ATM machines. Like, it is just, like... It's a very modern game for its time. And, like, actually, I have an entire book. It's the size of a textbook about the translation that the one fucking dude did of Earthbound and how he did it. Because it's, like lauded as like one of the best localizations of all time oh wow. and he had to like figure out like a lot of stuff to right. translate and he just did a good job and like it is very quirky and weird you play as a psychic kid and he like meets other psychic kids basically and they are trying to defeat this evil alien overlord named gigas guy goss however the fuck you want to say it um and it's it's just really weird right and it is like a kind of unique battle system i mean like it's still turn-based but you don't see your character like it's just like as if it was like a first person view of the enemy and then the background is all like fucking weird and crazy and psychedelic all the time and there's some weird things like if you heal fast enough like your health is on like a ticker so, like, if you heal fast enough before it ticks down to zero, you can still live and stuff like that.
1: Okay, so it's always... Is it always ticking down, or is it just in the battle it's ticking?
0: Just in the battle. So, like, it'll be there, and then, like, an enemy hits you for 30 damage. Mm-hmm. It will, like, go down kind of quickly, but not, like, instantaneously. Like, you oh. would just lose health in most games. So, like, sometimes if something does a killing blow, like, there will be this, like, extra noise, and it'll it'll shake. But if you heal in time, you can
1: still live. Okay, so you... You have a chance to not, to like save yourself a from dying. a killing blow. Yeah, okay. basically. So, like, sometimes it's just like impossible to do, but it is a cool touch.
0: Right. It's just weird. You go to an arcade, you fight a gang, you meet the fake Blues Brothers. It, it is just like, it's a really weird game. And I personally have never beaten it.
1: Is there a reason you've never beaten it? So,
0: I always used to rent it from Video King. Oh. And I have played the final boss because the save one of the saves on that cartridge was someone was at the final boss, but they were too weak to beat the final boss. Mm. So I've never seen the ending. Um, But me personally, when I first started renting it, I couldn't read very well. So I like, once I did learn how to read more, I would be able to get farther and farther. But as you're renting it, like it's a pretty long game, especially when you're a younger kid. And I never like got there. I got like over halfway. And then when I started playing games on emulators, I got... The farthest I had ever gotten. And then Ben accidentally saved over my save somehow when he was at my house. And I remember fucking being so angry. Like I couldn't handle it. And there was like no way for me to recover the save. Right. So I never beat it then either um i've played like at least halfway through it, like a million times i bought the cartridge like i got it for christmas a couple years ago yes and now i am the farthest i have ever been in it Mm -hmm. but for some reason something just distracted me from it and i I never did um
1: did you put that on your the the snus classic or no
0: it's on the snus classic in the u.s okay it is it was it was not in japan and people were like fucking losing their minds about it um but yeah that one is originally on the snus classic so i could also play it on there right they actually put it out on the gba and the wii u which was like a big deal because some of the music is like sounds like it's the beatles mm-hmm. so they thought and like there's people who are literally just the blues brothers basically so they thought they were gonna get sued but they figured out how to do whatever and put it out
1: i was gonna say i thought they added it to the the store on the wii u mm-hmm. they did okay Uh, so there are so there are ways tons of ways you could
0: play it um i i and i don't really know why like i should end up beating it sometime but it doesn't really matter like i still i know that i like it and whatever the last third of it is i will probably still enjoy anyways um and yeah like it informed most of my tastes in games and everything else and so it's just like I don't know, I've always loved that game, and I probably always will, even if I don't ever end up beating it, Right. but I've played most of the way through it like 10, 15 times, I just never actually get to the end, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, it's fine, right. I like it. No, I mean,
1: it's I mean it, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, So
0: I can't believe Ben fucking overwrote that save. <laughs> oh, oh, that was unbelievable,
1: because I was like, I was like trying
0: to show it to him, and then he ended up doing something, and then he overwrote it.
1: <laughs> Shit was insane.
0: <laughs> All right. So we're getting up there now. Number four is okay. Spelunky. And so. Oh, why didn't I think of Spelunky? <laughs> that, duh. I have talked about Spelunky over the course of these podcasts, which I did one of my first podcasts. It was literally about Spelunky. Right. I used to stream it like every day. I don't know what it was because I didn't come to it until later fuck. I even read Derek Yu's book that he wrote about making Splunky. Like I, I came to it later, and it was probably when Patrick started streaming it on Giant Bomb. Right. And it like I was just like, man, maybe I should give this a shot. And I just like fell in love with every aspect of it. It is such a simple game, but there is like so much to it. Like it has like a very high skill ceiling, and there are so many secrets and stuff. And it is one of the first games where I feel like you, like, have to learn. Like, you can be good at it by default, but you eventually have to, like, learn things. Like, I, I if you go ever go back and listen to that podcast, I talk about it a lot. Like, you have to learn that always be carrying something like a rock or an arrow. It doesn't matter what it is because you can set off the traps, never just fall off any ledge before dropping an item off of it, things like that, how far you can fall, like, what every item does, and those are things that you just learn over the course of time and even how to like access secret levels and things. Like it is a very simple game. You run, you jump, you can whip, you throw ropes or throw bombs. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And sometimes if you get like a weapon or something you can push square to use that. But there's not a lot to it. And it is it's probably the game that set off the roguelike craze that we are living in now yes. where like every fucking game is a roguelike and people are kind of over it now, but I don't want to get into the semantics, but most of those games that come out now are roguelites, or they are not actually roguelikes because you get, like, incremental progress towards your next thing. People will try to say that Spelunky isn't one because you can unlock the shortcuts, but you can't actually, like, beat Spelunky using the shortcuts. You have to, like, you go from the beginning and everything in the world reacts the same as you do. So, like, if you get hit with a bomb, you die, or you get hurt same thing happens to the shopkeepers like they can pick up the items and they can shoot you with them they can get hurt by enemies like everything in the world basically follows the same laws more or less which Mm -hmm. is what the original game rogue was like which derek use book describes a lot of that stuff and i don't know there's just something about it being so simple and it just it, it works well um Splunky is fucking coming out, man. Yes, I, I is... can I can't wait. Did e- they
1: have a release date or? No. 2019. So next year. Yeah. Game of the year next year. Yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> but but I uh, I I hadn't heard this until the other day. The other game working on UFO 50. He said should come out this year, but just on PC. Oh, okay. And then it's probably gonna get delayed. But if it doesn't, then next year they will port it to consoles if it does well enough. Um. Well, you'll just
1: get it for PC. Yeah, I will.
0: He, but he is like a. He's such a nice guy. Right. Like, if you watch the Noclip documentary where Danny talks to Derek Yu about Spelunky, like, he's just fucking happy, man. And he, like, he loved making that game. Like, he tried so hard. There are, like, beta versions of Spelunky that he was putting up on his, like, fucking indie website that he ran. And, like, he would get feedback from people and, like, change things based on that. But he, like, he just actually gave a shit about his game in a way that a lot of developers don't um and i'm so like i'm so glad for him that it blew up in the way it did right which i think that reason was because it was one of the first like xbox live arcade summer games so they always made a big deal about those it's just one of the first xbox live arcade games period i think right um so people were like oh i might as well try this service or whatever and do it and it worked out well for him and now it's on fucking every platform under the sun except for switch that shit should come out for Switch, but then they'll probably release two, and then what's the point, really? Um, they still should do that, though. I feel very confident about this.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, why not, I guess? Why not? And I mean, it would be, like, ten
0: bucks or less, probably. Right. I mean, fuck, everyone probably owns a copy of Spelunky on PC at this point. Literally any bundle I think I've ever bought from Humble Bundle has Splunky in there, basically. <laughs> and, like, fucking, I bought it originally, me personally, I bought it on Vita, and... When it was on sale for a dollar, and that was cross by with PS4, so Mm. like you can get Spelunky for super cheap, and if you don't end up liking it, it's not like a huge loss. But yeah, I oh man, it is like such good game design. It is absolutely insane, and like I feel like a lot of games that do procedural generation, it never quite works out. But, like, the amount that Derek Yu, like, tinkered with it and shit, Mm -hmm. every level feels like it was, like, handcrafted almost, even if it wasn't. And, like, there will be very rare scenarios where you get into, like, some pit and you're like, fucking what? I can't get out of this. But that's usually you push yourself into a corner and you had no bombs or ropes to get out of it. But everything in that game, when I die, it feels like it's always my fault. And it's because I went too fast. I fucked up and misjudged mm-hmm. a jump. Like, there are some parts that could technically be seen as unfair. But anytime I've ever died in that game, it is definitely my fault. Right. And, like, games don't always feel like that. Like, it is hard, but not just for, like, sadists. Like, it is... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's difficult. And you have to learn what to do. So, yes, Belonky.
1: Yes. I mm-hmm. should have thought of that. Yes.
0: Yeah. All right. Here we are. The big three. This top, is obvious. Top three. Top three, number three, Grim Fandango.
1: I know. <laughs> you know, a couple of days ago, I thought of Grim Fandango, and I was like, oh, that'll definitely be on the list. And then when I sat down today, I forgot about Grim Fandango. Also, this is surprising me because Mario, a Mario game is not in your top three. <laughs> but, so
0: this is, fun- I was making this list, and right. I only had nine games, and I was like, man, what the fuck? Like, why can't I think of this game? And my I was at work with Scott, and he was, like, listing off these things. And I was like, no. And then, like, an hour later, I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't put Grim Fandango on this list. Because, like, even in my own mind, right. it was so obvious that I didn't even <laughs> need to list it. Right. I mean, obviously, if you follow these podcasts or anything, you've probably seen me play Grim Fandango on a stream. Like, I do it every year, mm-hmm. and I've beaten it every year for i don't know since i can remember basically
1: I, I on stream i think you've last three years in a row yeah, last you've...
0: three or four years in a row i streamed it um but before that i would just do it on my right. own i would do it i would try to do it every day of the dead because grim fandango takes place on the day of the dead um and now i usually i stream it on or around extra life right. uh just as like a pre-stream thing for it because i enjoy playing it and it's a good like it will be at this time every year, so I can just say, yeah, hey, I did it. Um, I don't even know. Like, Tim Schafer is, like, my... If I was going to be a writer, he is, like, what I would strive to be. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like comedy in video games is so hard because it is so timing-based, and, like, if the player is controlling it, it makes it, like, really rough. And, like, sometimes video games are just, like... I see that you're trying to be funny here and it could not be less funny but for me personally Grim Fandango the humor works out a lot and so in case which is I feel like it's impossible at this point if someone doesn't know what Grim Fandango is it is uh an adventure game that came out in 1998 LucasArts when they were still around published it so it was like one of the last big budget uh adventure games. I would say point-and-click, but you don't actually point-and-click. You actually control Manny as a character.
1: tank controls, but...
0: It was, so the re-release that the whole fine did, now it does not.
1: It, it, like, because I played that version, and it controls fine. It does. It it feels so weird to me
0: about the tank controls, because I had done it so many times, so I still, like, am getting used to it, but... Yeah, man. And it is about... You play as Manny Calavera, who is a travel agent in the Land of the Dead. He basically has to work at the DOD, the Department of Death, because he had done something presumably bad in his real life, so he has to like work off his debt until he can go to the afterlife. Um, so it opens with him selling this dude a travel package, and it ends up sucking, and he gets yelled at by his boss and all this stuff. Um, but the whole crux of the story is he steals a client from one of the better, quote-unquote, salesmen. And basically, he can't find her a good package. But she should have had a ticket on the number nine, which is a train that takes you right to heaven, basically. And so whatever happened, she didn't get that, and she just leaves. And he gets fired because of this, and he, like, basically breaks out because they they lock him in a room. It's It's really weird. And he tries to find this woman. And that is the whole crux of the game is Manny looking for Meche over the course of his four-year journey over the land of the dead. Um, It is an adventure game. You control it. Basically, you just, like, get items and you give them to people or use them on things to get to the end. The puzzles are not... Like, it's hard for me to gauge this because I know... It's in my brain. Mm -hmm. Like, I could tell you how to solve any puzzle in that game right now off the cuff. It doesn't matter. Like, the date that you have to print for the fake betting stub to get the picture of the cats. Just, like, anything, even, like, the most obscure thing, I could probably tell you about it. They're not easy to solve, puzzles. No. And they... they are, like, not well designed. Back at that time in 1998, like, that's what everything was. Right. So, people were used to it then so i feel like that re-release did not do very well because people were like oh man like i this game seems cool i just can't get into it i can't solve these puzzles so like i just know that right which is one of the reasons why i play it every year is because like hey maybe people were interested in this game and they just want to see the story right and so like it's a cool way for people to just see the story
1: um yeah, because I'm trying to remember. Because, like, I remember playing the game, and I, I liked it. And then I just hit one of the puzzles, and I just... I banged my head for a couple hours, and I just went, I can't do it. And yeah. I just stopped. I'm trying to remember which puzzle it was.
0: Do you remember, I remember like, like, where like, it, you were?
1: I think I was in the woods. And I, yeah, man. It was like, I, I wrote in Did a, you have to put the signpost in the ground? I, I remember, like, riding in that car because the guy cloud us he was a big dude yeah he throws his heart into the and then like spiderweb you were in the woods and then there was like like a build or i don't was it okay, like so there, are, there are electricity? yes okay
0: so there are two parts there are two parts the one both of those puzzles are bad okay. uh there is one where you have to get the signpost, and you have to put it in a specific spot in the ground And the way it works is you'll basically, it's this huge open field. You'll put the signpost in the ground and it will point towards where you're supposed to do it. I know where that spot is. So like 99% of the time, I can just pick up the sign, put it down, and it Mm -hmm. works immediately. But it's a pain in the ass. You just have to know what to look for. Right. Um, Or you would just take time and it would solve it. So that one is just like frustrating. It's not that hard. It just takes a while if you don't know where to go. The part you are talking about, I think, is the hardest puzzle in the game. Okay. So you basically... Um, th- you have a wheelbarrow filled with rocks. Ro- okay, yes, And yes. You, you need to... basically these pumps on both sides of this tree. The whole goal is to knock the tree over so you can get those pumps because Glottis wants to use them as uh, like struts mm-hmm. for the bone wagon, which is their hot rod that he made. And so there are four wires on the ground and you have to push the wheelbarrow over that. That is the only puzzle in the game where I can't just do it. Mm -hmm. And like, I can't describe to anyone how to do it. I have to feel it. So basically, like you just put the tire on certain parts of it and it'll start going. Right. I know exactly what it has to look like. I can't describe to you how to actually do it. And especially if you go like one step too far, like Mm -hmm. a guide can't tell you what to do anymore. So, because you already fucked it up and it's like slightly different than what the guide is talking about. So you kind of just have to figure out what, how to make them alternate. And then you got to have, you got to turn the power off. Gladys climbs up there. You turn it back on it. Yeah, that's the worst puzzle in the game, I think. Yeah,
1: I remember looking up a guide, and I still, I was
0: just like, I can't do this. Yeah, you can't use the guide after you do any of it, if you don't use it beforehand, I think.
1: Okay, so I... <laughs> that's good to know, if I ever try it again. Yeah. yeah, that's...
0: Yeah, just call me up, I can do it for you. <laughs> yeah. It'll take me, like, five minutes. Um. Yeah, and I, so I played this when I was eight years old, because that's when it first came out. Uh, my dad worked at a computer store at the time and he brought me home a burned copy of it because back then they would get the games and they would just burn them to a cd and then they would let me play them or whatever and i remember getting that one and he for some reason had photocopied the manual and so that has like a walkthrough for some of the beginning puzzles in it and i i I really liked it then. I think the reason that I connected with it was because I was eight years old and the main character's name was Manny and my name was Manny. Right. That's really cool. And it's (laughs) voice acted, so they say Manny a lot. Uh, And then it was actually one of the first things that I bonded with Calvin over in fifth grade was I, like, showed it to him. And he actually beat it before I did because there was this puzzle near the end, which I always talk about on stream. You have to basically break into this door and there are these fucking tumblers on it and i always thought that i was doing it right even using a guide and i could never get it to happen and calvin actually figured out how to do it and then i figured out how to do it since then and i can do it every time now but for some reason that puzzle like really was breaking my young mind so i didn't end up beating it until like a year or two after i had it um but i would play up to that point over and over again like just keep going and, yeah, now I can do it, no questions
1: asked. Man, that presses me that 8-year-old Manny figured out how to do that puzzle. <laughs> yeah, but 8-year-old
0: Manny also would have sat there for fucking 12 hours straight to figure that out if he had to. Like, that's why I feel like kids in, like, the modern era, like, they're not going to know any of this shit. Like, a lot of games now, like, remove puzzles. Or, like, they have toggles, like in fucking Spider-Man, to turn off the puzzles or whatever. Not that those are, like, puzzle puzzles. Right. But, um... It just... Yeah, like, games don't really have that stuff anymore. And that game was definitely not going to fucking tell you how to solve that puzzle. Right. I mean, like, he'll give you hints and stuff, but never just, like, directly be like, look, shithead, you've been fucking this up for an hour, take this to this, mm-hmm. then you can
1: move on. See, that's what I really like about the, the, the new Tomb Raider games. The puzzles are, like, top-notch. Yeah. They The puzzles are very well done, and so... And I, I had it set up, so like it didn't really give me any hints for the puzzles. And and the, the tombs themselves, which we'll talk about this next week, but yeah. the tombs themselves, there's like nine tombs that the puzzles are very difficult. So yeah. the, those games still are out there. It's just I, I don't think they're as popular.
0: No, yeah, but I feel like most people, especially kids that are like coming up right now that are like 8 to 10, Like, they're not going to have these games that we had with these puzzles. Like, even, like, Breath of the Wild, I guess, was, like, the closest thing recently. But even then, like, the puzzles are not, like, the Ocarina of Time or Link to the Past. Where, like, we were, like, eight or nine years old or even younger and just, like, banging our head against this thing until we were, like, I fucking did it! Uh, Looking back,
1: like, some of the... They're terrible puzzles in A Link to the Past. It dep- I think they're fine. I, there's one that I always think of, like where you have to shoot the eyeball of like a statue. I just know to shoot the eyeball. Same. But, like,
0: but, like I, I feel so weird when I stream through Grim Fandango because like sometimes people will be watching and they'll be like. How did you know to do that? And I was like, look, man, I don't know. <laughs> right? I've been fucking doing this for like fucking 20 years, yes. literally. Like I just, I know what to do. I know how to access most of the conversations. And one of the things that I liked about streaming it was I would find new conversations and like weird random things. Because when I was younger, I didn't know because it's a keyboard. Right. I didn't know that there was a button that you could push to have him observe things. So you could like have him point at like a door And just be like, observe that. And he'll say something about the door or like the person, which sometimes could have helped you with the puzzles in a lot of cases. But I didn't know that. Right. So it was a couple years ago. I realized that with the console, I was like, oh, fuck, so much dialogue I've never heard before. And you just look through it. Some of it rules. Like uh, in Rubikava, if you do that to the moon, he'll say a poem. And if you're near uh, Velasco, he will say the poem with you. Mm -hmm. It's like one of my favorite moments in that game now. And just like stuff like that, I would find new shit every year. Now I think I have tapped out. I think I've seen everything in it now, but I don't know. I still enjoy it. It's a good story. It's like if you're watching your favorite movie, like it takes, it used to take me like 12 hours. It takes me like six or less now, Mm -hmm. even if I listen to a lot of the dialogue. Right. And sometimes I don't listen to certain side conversations, but yeah, I don't know. Right. It's just like watching a slightly long... Like, as if I was watching two movies in a row, basically. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, it makes me... It's like comfort food, basically. Like, I just... I know how to do everything. I like the story. The characters are funny. Mm-hmm. It's cool. And
1: the culture around the Day of the Dead. I always
0: thought it was fascinating. And that's a... Is
1: it—is it the game that you've probably played through the most? 100%. I... Like... Yeah.
0: Many, many times. Especially because you can do
1: it in such a short amount of time. Right.
0: Um, It's a bummer that it's not, like, a good game to speedrun because then it's just, like, you skip through all the dialogue. And in the console version, there was a bug where you could get right from the first room Mm -hmm. to the ending through, like, some weird glitch. So it would take, like, 30 seconds or something.
1: Uh, Speedruns are cool, but they're... The more I watch them, like, they're fun to watch, like, once. But, like, I don't really feel nostalgic or, like, I don't really... There's just something about it where it's, like, this isn't how I played the game you know type of thing i
0: I like the ones where they're more skill based and you're just like whoa you did this one frame hit on this wall and now you're fucking at the end of the game or just like weird shit like that whereas yeah like adventure games are like the absolute worst speed running game like there's no it takes away anything that the game had Mm -hmm. it's like man look at this walking right Sick. so i don't know but i i love grim fandango i will almost certainly stream it again this year then for every
1: year to come. Mm-hmm. So
0: Yeah, I can't believe I almost forgot about it. That was
1: crazy. Yeah, I it's can't just believe so, I forgot about it. It's just so in my mind that like I, I know. If I had just spent a little more time, I think I would have had yeah. at least your top four. Yeah.
0: Alright. And so number two, which I you also guessed, is Ocarina of Time. Right. And so for me, I think that Ocarina of Time might be the most important game I ever played because it is probably why i got into video games as much as i did Mm -hmm. and it was i had a super nintendo before that and i liked games i would rent them every so often but i wasn't like super super into them when i ended up getting into that n64 for christmas and i got ocarina of time it like absorbed my life in a way that i can't even
1: like i can't even describe did that come out just like you got it for Christmas it was probably just like the perfect time in your life yeah because I assume for weeks because your brother wasn't old enough to, to like yeah. bother you no like you could have you were just yeah, like man. gaming for weeks on just end, I go assume.
0: go ham I remember that Christmas week it was probably I was like either nine or ten because it wasn't one of the year it came out it was right. a couple years after I think
1: you and I are both. We both got, like, the N64, you know, when we were a little older, and, you know, so...
0: And so, like, one of my friends in elementary school, he had an N64, and he would have Ocarina of Time, and he would, like, bring it over when he would come to my house, or I would play it at his house, and I would beat, like, the first two or three dungeons when Link is still a kid, and, like, thought it was awesome then, but every time, somehow, magically, my save would be deleted, or, like, something would have happened, so I would start over each time. Um... And so I never like got that far, but when I got my own copy, I just I played the living shit out of that. And I think I told you this recently. Willie, when he was old enough, I would be at school, and he would like accidentally <laughs> quote unquote delete my save all the time. So like I have hundred percent of Ocarina of Time. Well, not actually hundred percent because I don't know that I ever got the big Goron sword, but. I, I would just do it over and over. Like, I think that the save that is on there right now was Willie had named Link, like, all capital A's to the maximum. And I was just like, fucking whatever. And I played through the game again. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I really like Zelda in general. Like, I, I liked The Link to the Past back then when I had played it. Um, but yeah, Ocarina of Time, man. I don't know if it was, like, the full 3D. Right. It was, like, one of those things where, like, I... I say this a lot, but I, I don't think the N sixty four is that great. But I feel like it was very important. Like Super Mario sixty four changed what three D platformers were for all time at that point. Like it.
1: I I would go further and just it changed it like changed all three D games. I I would say right? like I would say like if you're making a list of like top five most influential games, I think. Super Mario 64 may be number
0: one. Yeah, and like I think Ocarina of Time did that for a lot of stuff too. Like the way the world was structured and it was like a lot more open, like the combat, how you target things in like a 3D world. And like it's not. I still think you could play Ocarina of Time now and have a good time. It's just some of the stuff feels a little dated because obviously you've played newer Zelda games where they have perfected some of those formulas. But like. I don't know. There's like all kinds of hidden shit. And it right. is like really fun to find and fun to explore that world. Like, fuck when I was eight years old, it was the coolest thing in the world to just go to Kokiri village and beat the shit out of the chickens and then try to survive the chicken onslaught. Like that was like the greatest thing since time began to me. Right. And it was, just, I don't know. Like I've played through that game so many times and I,
1: was that your first Zelda game or did you play? Link I to played like the, the past
0: before that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think this was the one that really like solidified my love for video games overall. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, I don't know. I would still play. I would still play Ocarina of Time* today. Like, I, no, I, yeah. I think there is a reason why people consider it to be one of the greatest video games ever made. Right. And it because like it, it does a lot for video games in general and like things going forward. But it is just like I don't know. It was such an adventure. Yes. Even back then.
1: I yeah I just. I think I would boldly say that if you were to, like, look at everybody's top ten list of, you know, like, 80% of, like, all those lists will have a Zelda game.
0: That's probably true, yeah.
1: And it's either going to be A Link to the Past. <laughs> or, Ocarina or Ocarina Time. Or Ocarina Time. Or I, I would be willing to bet a lot of the newer ones would be Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And maybe a couple Wind Wakers. But, I mean, like, it would primarily be a link no, to the past yeah, those two, or ocarina yeah
0: and like i people i i don't argue right. with people when they're like well i think a link to the past is right, the best right. Zelda game it's like well yeah man mm-hmm. it's like splitting hairs at that point like <laughs> right. they're they're both like top-notch zelda games and th- some of the best games ever made period right but i think that like it depends on when you came to those two games specifically and whether or not you played them a lot when you were a kid
1: yes where for me i think my biggest issue was ocarina is i played a link to the past so much i was expecting that with ocarina and it was it's com- it's a completely, it's a completely different, different, game. different game yeah so i i just it was just such a culture shock i'm like this isn't zelda and i would just just go back and play a link to the past so i never really gave ocarina a chance and i i should yeah at some point it was good
0: and just like, yeah, the whole, I don't know, even the fucking plot, man. You're mm. Link and he's a kid and then you get like a quarter of the way through the game and he becomes a fucking adult because he was trapped and the the sword made him go 10 years. Like, And then you're adult Link and then there's so much more of the game and the world is like completely different than it was. It just, it did so much for me then. Mm-hmm. And like finding all of the items and the puzzles in each temple and things like that. Like, yeah, the water temple sucked. Everybody talks about how the water temple sucked. But, like, when I was that age, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. Like, I just slammed my head against it until I figured out what water level to have each thing at. And, like, they helped that along in the 3DS version by you could just tap the boots instead of having to go into the fucking menu and put the uh, iron boots on and all that stuff. But even with that temple, I still think that it is, like... Incredible. Right. Like, games don't come out like that anymore. I mean, like, I guess Breath of the Wild is technically like some weird example, but like, it was such an expansive game Mm -hmm. and it was just like so surprising all the time. And I guess that was before the internet got like super prolific. So it wasn't like I was, like, seeing all this coverage about Ocarina of Time. Like, maybe I had had an issue or two of Nintendo Power that talked about it. But, like, everything back then felt like a mystery.
1: Well, the other thing is you came into it later.
0: I did, which I would have also been able... Yeah, it's just strange.
1: So So, like, even on when you go out to recess on the recess people wouldn't be just sitting around talking about ocarina because like that'd been out i assume a year or two yeah yeah. so like for you you came into it a little bit later so you know for you it was just like a completely fresh experience which it was also winter break when you were playing it so you probably you weren't talking to anybody yeah i had
0: (laughs) that i got that pokemon snap and uh, Star Wars Episode One Pod Racing came with the N sixty four. Okay. So I had those three games. And that was like the best summer break ever, man. Oh, <laughs> shit. But I still remember this because I had asked for the N sixty four for my grandma, and I thought that I wasn't gonna get it. But it was a snow day, a couple weeks before Christmas, and. I knew the room that she kept the gifts in and she was outside shoveling snow with my grandpa. And so I went up there and Mm. I found the N64 and I like fucking lost my mind. It's like the (laughs) hardest month of my life, man. Trying to like be like, oh man, I know I'm getting this fucking N64. This is going to be so dope. I cannot wait. And then like also opening it and being surprised. But they botched it because what they would do every year is if I ever got like a Game Boy Advance or something they would give you the Game Boy Advance first and then the games, obviously, so you didn't know. Yes. But one of my cousins was getting the gifts and he fucked up and gave me Ocarina of Time. And I had to like be like disappointed, like, oh, man, I don't even have an N64 to play this. <laughs> and then they would bring down the N64 and it was just like, mm-hmm. fuck, man. But I knew beforehand, so I was, right. yeah, I was getting hyped up at of time. <laughs> yeah. And I remember telling my friends, like, yeah, I know, I got one. I, got, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> fuck, man. That's so awesome. So, yeah, that is a great right. Time number two. Yes. And so then number one, everybody knows, everybody, uh, it is Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo. Yes. And I played this when I was older because I uh, first played it on an emulator. But I don't know. I love JRPGs, turn-based specifically. And I... It was. The, I think it was the time that I played Chrono Trigger at was like the exact right time, and the reason that I ever wanted to do this podcast in the first place was because of how I felt with Chrono Trigger. I feel like for a lot of people, their favorite game of all time, in most cases, it actually wasn't for you because you did Civ Five when you were older. But right. for a lot of people, it is a game that they played in that fucking like sweet spot when you were like early to mid teens. And, like, it just hit you at the exact right time. Like, for Nukio, it was uh, Star Ocean Till the End of Time. For me, it was Chrono Trigger. For Willy, it was Marvel. Right. And, like, all of those games, all three of those, like, we had played those in the same, like, age range. And, like, the golden age of, like, when you could just fucking play games all day
1: and there were no consequences to anything, really. See, for me, the big thing is, like, I had more time back then. But, like, I lived with my grandma. Yeah. So I didn't really go out and buy games much and she didn't really take me to like to yeah, rent yeah. games so like i feel like for me like i'm at the perfect age now, now yeah because i actually i have a lot of free time yeah and i have more money to, to sp- yeah to spend it on spend which like on, that right. is why
0: like now i feel like in some cases games feel slightly less special to me now is because it's like i have enough disposable income where i can buy most of the games that i want to get so then it's like not like oh shit like this is the one game i'm gonna play forever or like this is what i'm gonna be playing for months but also chrono trigger i originally played on an emulator so it wasn't like that then either yes i didn't pay for it then Mm -hmm. uh but yeah I, i don't know what it was and this was another game that me and calvin really bonded over and it just i i like all the characters like magus is probably my favorite video game character of all time because of his, like, motivation and, like, his plot arc that he goes through and stuff. And it's just... It's it's weird, too, because that game is expansive in a way that is crazy. Like, there are all of the different time periods right. that you go through. And they had designed different dialogue and characters for each of those time periods. Um, It was just, like, at that time, it was... There was literally nothing like it in 1996. Like, it was ahead of its time in like a billion different ways like it had the like active or wait time battle system so like if you were in a menu and you're on wait the enemies wouldn't attack but if it was active then you could and that was something that most games didn't implement until like the time of like final fantasy 7 and beyond mm-hmm. um so like chrono trigger had that they had not random battles they were like uh structured in a way like you could avoid the enemies in theory Um, yeah, it still had that classic overworld. It had like a billion side quests and things like that. It had a compelling story that necessarily now playing it later, it's not as apparent all the time because you have to like go around and like talk to every NPC and stuff to like get the full effect of it. Um, but it is just like, it was designed to a T like it, it was crazy. Like, and the people that worked on that game are like... That will never happen again. Like, that was a -a once-in-a-lifetime, like, opening of people's schedules and things. And they all worked on Chrono Trigger. Like, 99% of all people who people would know, like, household names that people who really like Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy and, like, Kingdom Hearts and stuff like that would really like. Like, they all worked on this game. And it is just, like, it's surreal to see like mm. if you know a lot of those people and you go and you watch the credits of chrono trigger and it's just like fuck man right like yuji hori like sakaguchi tetsuya nomura nobuo imatsu like yazunori mitsuda like a- any person that you can possibly think of probably like they all worked on that game and it is just like I don't know. It's like all their minds coming together to make that one game. And that is why I am bummed out by most JRPGs after that, is because they like those people all split off to make their own things. And you can like see the pieces of like the part that they added to Chrono Trigger. And you're like, man, if only they could all be together again. And it is just, yeah, I don't know. Turn based RPGs, man. No. It's my shit.
1: You really like turn based RPGs, but it seems like you're more of a character guy and less of a systems guy. Yes. So like, I know like Octopath didn't really do it for you. Yeah. Because it's, that's more of a systems game, right?
0: It, it to me personally. Yeah. Because the way that the characters and the stories are set up, they never interact. Right. Like I like when there are party interactions. So like the, at the end of that side quest with Robo, where they're all camping out by the fire and like they talk and stuff like those are the scenes that I like live for in games. And Octopath just literally does not have that.
1: Right, where you're playing Dragon Quest now. And it is like... like you, It is much more of a character. You go to
0: campsites, and they're all sitting around the mm-hmm. campsite, and you can talk to them, and they'll talk about like their life or something that has happened recently in the story. And fuck, man, I got to the credits last night, and then they introduced the
1: whole new 40-hour plot. This shit's crazy. Okay, so you're done, but you're not done. I'm
0: not done. Oh, man, that shit's crazy. I can't wait to play the rest of Dragon Quest. <laughs> I, like I knew that people said, like, man, I feel like the part after the credits should be mandatory. Like they should not have shown the credits. They were not kidding. It is next level shit. Mm-hmm. And I, oh man, but yeah, Chrono Trigger is right. Getting very, back s- similar, similar like that in that way, and that like I. I just, I always enjoyed the time that I had with it, and I have also beaten that, like, more times than I can count. Not as many times as Grim Fandango, because it's quite a bit longer, but just in general. Like, I know how to do a lot of those side quests so much so that I, like, lose track of the order and things like that. And, like, most of the bosses, they have, like, mechanics that you would normally have to, like, poke at to figure out how you're supposed to kill them. But in 99 out of 10 cases, like, I know the exact strategy to kill them. So, in a way, Chrono Trigger's kind of weird now, because I have, like, in my mind, I've, like, distilled it down to, like, the most, like, efficient formula. Mm -hmm. So, like, there are, like, half the texts and spells in the game that I never even use, because it's just, like, well, I know that I'll level up enough here so that I can just use Lightning or Lightning 2, and then basically, like, Luminaire later in the game for Chrono, and, like, yeah...
1: Yeah, I mean it hits with with those special games. It kind of hits a point where you you can just turn your brain off and just play. Mm -hmm. And there's just something very special about that, you know. Like it's nice to have new experiences, but it's also nice to just have those those moments and those days where you can just kind of you just know what you're doing, and you can just turn your brain off and just just be happy, you know, just genuinely (laughs) happy. And I assume that's. Yeah, like which is, that's
0: with, usually how I feel about playing Chrono Trigger. Right,
1: which we had have just been going through that probably what the last four or five weeks. Yeah, for sure. Mm, you know, it's an enjoyable game. Like, yeah. I mean, turn based wise, I mean, it's a very fun JRPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: man. So yeah, that's my top ten
1: there. That's that's I I I'm a little surprised about No Persona. Yeah. I I I assume it probably. The games that I did that I picked that didn't make it, I assume they're probably top twenty, top twenty-five. Oh, definitely!
0: Like Ace Attorney, the third Ace Attorney game, I think about adding to my top ten list all the time, because like if I was gonna make a list of like top ten video game characters, like Phoenix Wright, like mm-hmm. probably like number two under Magus for me. He is like, I don't know, I love Phoenix, man. Those games rule. Right. It's hard to recommend those two because some people don't like to read that much because it's basically just like you're reading a fucking book at a certain mm-hmm. point. Um, but yeah, I would say the two that like narrowly miss the cut would be the third Phoenix Wright game and the original Dark Souls. But the reason that I would put the original Dark Souls on there is the same reason that I would put Spelunky on there. So like those two kind of feel the same thing. And if uh-huh. I had to pick one, I like Spelunky a lot more than I like the original Dark Souls,
1: but... I was also expecting Overwatch potentially just cuz I know you play that so it much. It
0: makes me so mad now that I can't.
1: <laughs> Did you played it? So you've just played it so much that you're kind of starting to turn on it a little bit. Very much so. If let, let's say you played the like 15 to 20 less hours, would it be higher up on your list?
0: Yes, I still don't think it would be in the top 10, but like re I Overwatch has unleashed an anger inside me that I cannot put back in the <laughs> bottle. Like, I I normally don't get, like, angry at games, but over the past year or so, Overwatch has made me, like, I. sometimes I can't do it. Like, the last time we played, it was me, Scott, and Jumbo, and I, like, thought about uninstalling it. I was like, this is crazy. We're just losing over and over. And what, what I think the issue is now is, like, my... I feel like I have, like, hit my skill ceiling... And then when I feel like I am performing as best as I can, and we still get dumpstered, it's like, well, I can't, yeah. I can't, any like I can't get any better than this. Or if I was going to, I would have to play this game like fucking like seventeen hours a day, and like mm-hmm. I just don't have enough time. And I want to play other games,
1: right? So it's weird. No, yeah, I get that, and that's why I like playing like single player RPGs and stuff because it's just something that you you can always just kind of make it a little easier for yourself you Yeah. As as you level up more you're making it easier yeah where like overwatch there is no like no. making it easier if if anything like the better you get then you're playing against better people and then you're just like <laughs> i'm getting shit on again and yeah just...
0: and like i <sighs>
1: i just yeah
0: it bums me out sometimes
1: because i i'm the same way because like I'm not good at video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm never going to be good at Overwatch. I'm never going to be good at, you know, those kind of games. I mean, I've put in over 100 hours into PUBG, and I've never even finished second. It's yeah. it's just depressing when mm-hmm. you're just like, I really suck. <laughs>
0: yeah i i don't know like i don't think that i'm like good at video games and i also don't think i'm bad i think i'm like somewhere in the middle like average which is a i always feel weird about that especially in like team games and stuff because then it's like well i'm not like really helping that much but i'm not like the worst person on the team yeah i don't know team things are weird for me Mm -hmm. because i am hard on myself in scenarios like that so well, yeah, I'm
1: hard on myself too, and I'm usually like Overwatch. I am the worst one on the team, and it's just like I'm bringing us down, guys.
0: <laughs> oh man, last time Jumbo knew, I was getting upset too. <laughs> that, oh, that was rough.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: So with that, that that is my top ten. Um, I don't know when the next one of these will be, but I have been yelling at Scott constantly to think of his fucking games. He has five. Mm -hmm. I know what most of those are. He just needs to think. I don't care if it's random. Just make it up. It's fine.
1: Justin can probably whip one up. Justin can
0: probably whip one up, and I know that Gary has been working on his as well. He is at seven. I have faith that he will be done soon. (laughs) I don't understand, like... It's not
1: that hard to make a list.
0: I It depends on who you are, I think. Because if you really want it to... Like, I think about this all the time. Right. So, like, I have it on lock. Like, if I, I could have thought of seven out of these ten games, like, off the cuff, just listing mm. them to you. And then think a little bit more about the other ones. But, like, I think about this a lot. Right. So, like, if it's... In Gary's case, I would assume that he is trying to make it be, like, meaningful. And, like, he's also older than we are. So, he's, yes. like, thinking about like, what games meant to him, and he's probably played a lot of games, too. So, like, if you, it's something that you don't think about a lot, I can see it being hard to figure out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in Scott's case, he just is not figuring out the other five because he's lazy, and I <laughs> I also respect that. Right. But I think Gary is really trying to figure it out, and I, hey, uh, right. I think his list will be dope because I, I can't <laughs> wait to hear what he says in all scenarios. Same with Scott because... Fuck Final Fantasy 7, man. But it's going to be on there. <laughs> well, we can't wait to have that discussion. Uh, and so with that, that'll do it for us here. Uh, as always, the theme song is Sting Operation by Anamonaguchi. And we will catch you guys on Friday. Well, I put that... Whenever I put it out.
1: Saturday, I don't remember. We'll, we'll be recording a podcast October 5th, I believe. Yes. Which is the same day that Mario Party comes out. Oh, yeah. And also Assassin's Creed. So well,
0: neither one of us is going to have that right
1: i might pick it up because okay. like i really like that time period okay so like i i'm thinking i might pick it up sadly
0: i will have mario party so look forward to talk
1: about mario party in the future how uh, how upset are you gonna be when that makes my top 10
0: oh, <laughs> all right we'll see you guys later
1: peace out you'll see ya